And she just sort of did this hatchet job to her bangs. And she was so little. And I thought, little girls don't do that. I still do that. Yeah. Oh, I know you do. (laughs) Believe me, I know. Hello, welcome back to Under Our Roof. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Benjamin Moore, the paint tycoon. (laughs) Today I spent the afternoon painting our front door, and it's still drying, but I think it turned out well. There are some spots that I will need to touch up, but for someone who doesn't paint, I'm calling myself Benjamin Moore. Yeah, you did great. I'm a big fan of his work now, his paints, (laughs) his very fine paints. (laughs) Yeah, you did. I they look good. I mean, the paint looks good. I'm the happy. paint looks good. Our yard is looking ready and fresh for potential pride celebrations mm-hmm. and safe gatherings this month. We're really looking forward to that. But I can't take credit for the yard looking nice. The yard looks nice because of our very special guest who we will be introducing you to shortly. My mom is joining us today for the podcast, and we asked y'all to ask her some questions. She's been nervous about this for days. But before we get into that, you know, mom, we can hear you. <laughs> the side commentary. This is this is this uh the audio on this podcast is heartfelt, but really not high tech. So you're right next to me. Before we get into that, lady, I understand there's a query letter that you wanted to address off the top. Yes, we wanted to kick off with a Pride Month themed query letter. We had our Pride Month episode last week, so you should go back and listen if you haven't heard that one yet. We really appreciate all the love on it and people sharing. Um, We've also gotten some good Mm -hmm. feedback about our conversation on rainbow capitalism, and we're hoping we'll share maybe some of our audience responses on that soon because they've been really interesting. But let's do a quick query letter to kick off. Okay, so to start, I live in a very conservative area. I go to a Christian high school and regular church and youth group, la-di-da, you know the drill. We do. But I'm pushing through these last few years of school as a mostly closeted lesbian. One of the nice things about living in a homophobic slash ignorant area is that no one really knows what the lesbian flag is, and you have to be LGBTQ or at least an ally to recognize the color scheme, lol. Very true. All that to say, I have been debating painting my nails the colors of the lesbian flag all of June as a subtle way to celebrate pride, but I don't know if it would out me or not. There is this girl that I really like in my youth group, and she is so explicitly queer that I'm sure she'd get the memo, but I don't know if it's worth it. Side note, I always dress pretty femme, so I don't know many ways to come out without making a big deal of it. If you guys have any advice or similar stories, I'd love to hear them. Wow. This is a great question. I know. I thought so, too. I mean, I really think you should go for it. I think painting your nails is such a subtle and fun way if, you know, if you want to be subtle and you kind of want to stay under the radar for now, which I completely understand. Put yourself on the radar but to yeah, this girl at you. Put yourself group. a little bit on the radar, not a totally under it. Mm-hmm. Just sneaking onto the radar. Okay. And, and for context, I would know the lesbian flag if I saw it, but... I can't think of the colors off the top of my head. I think and it's that's like purple and orange ish. Something like that. Or like a uh, there's like a magenta maybe. Why don't you look it up so we can come from a point of knowledge on this? All that to say, if if Lizzie and I right now are Googling the lesbian flag colors, then I don't think that you would be outing yourself to the members of your small conservative community. Don't you think, lady? I agree. It sounds like the perfect kind of coded message. Mm -hmm. 
And also multicolored nails are very trendy right now, too. So mm-hmm. I don't think anyone would think too much of it. Okay. Our guest just got up and left. Okay. She's bored. I hope that y'all have been able to hear the subtle side commentary from my mom, who is here with us on the couch, though I have not yet introed her. Oh, there is some magenta and purple it's in like there. It's like purple, orange, light orange, yeah. white. I say go for it. Now that now that I'm looking at it. It's a nice color scheme. A beautiful color cool. scheme. And I think that if you don't know what you're looking for, you wouldn't know it when you saw it. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It does. But okay, let's jump into our guest. Our guest of honor. I am so excited to introduce to y'all my mom. So uh, I don't want to say too much about her. I would like to turn things over to her for how she would introduce herself. So I'm coming over. I'm coming over this way with our little lav mic. Here you go. How <laughs> okay. would you intro yourself? Uh, I'm Chauncey the Gardener. Just... <laughs> And I went to grab. Did you? She wrote that down on a pad of paper. You had that joke ready to go. That well, no, because pocket. when you introduced yourself I as do. as you know Benjamin Moore yeah. or whatever it was, you know, got and I and I went to get my uh, phone because I I'm trying to remember the name of the British actor who played in that film as Chauncey the Gardener. Oh, I don't know who Chauncey the Gardener I is. Either. I didn't. I oh. thought you just said that. No. I I thought it was Let me great. Look this up. No, Chauncey it put put in Chauncey the Gardener, and okay. and it's the British actor, and it's a very funny British movie. Well, that's who you were today, Chauncey. Yes, the Gardner. I was. It's from Being There, I think, this nineteen seventy nine movie. Yes, Peter Sellers. Okay, okay, Peter there Sellers. Yeah. So I, I'm starting off uh, uh, introducing myself as Chauncey the Gardener because I did a lot of gardening for Grace and Lizzie this afternoon, Mm -hmm. trimmed uh, some out-of-control boxwoods. And um, gosh, here in Southern California, a a lot of things grow out of control. So you um, have been a much-needed source of help today in our little yard, for sure. Yeah, I I, I was all often sort of chuckling to myself at the sight of the uh, English ivy here, which is the size of my hand, whereas um, where I'm living now in Western Kentucky, it's probably the size of my thumb. Oh, really? Yes. I mean, the, so the, the English ivy here is just a monster. So you've moved around a lot. Right now you are yes. in Kentucky. But very briefly, before we get into the questions from the house guests, yes. which is what we call people who listen to our podcast. We which I do, so I house, know that. Yeah, you're a little house guest, too. Yeah. And you are literally our house guest right now. Correct. Just uh, give us a, a brief overview of the life of Isabel Curtis Baldridge, which is actually her name, my friends. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I was born in New York City and grew up about an hour outside of uh, New York. I have a lot of roots in in a number of New England mm-hmm. uh, states. In fact, I was thinking about that in the, oh, during COVID. That really, it's just the state of Vermont that I, my family, and I have. We not hate any, Vermont, though. We hate Vermont. That no, uh, <laughs> mom was just gonna let me be like, yeah, we kind of do, though. Mom no. was gonna be like, we hate Vermont. <laughs> No, I don't My have any My apologies to the good people of Vermont. No, I'm just saying that uh, there's no particular connection, family con- connection yeah, there. Yeah, and it's their loss. So, you know, I've, um, you know, spent summers in Maine and went to school in Massachusetts and so forth and college in Boston and 
uh, so and so on. I was a, a, a school teacher. I have my de- my degrees are in el- uh, ele- elementary ed, and I taught fourth grade in Atlanta. I taught third grade back in Connecticut. I taught um, as an assistant teacher second grade in Connecticut. We lived in Connecticut briefly, but then down in South Carolina for five years, northern Delaware for six years, and then we lived in Belgium for almost 11 years, where I picked up my teaching career there. I taught third grade and did a lot of substitute teaching before that over there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then after those 11 years, we moved to western Kentucky, which was, you know, where, where are we now? I mean, I knew nothing about the state of Kentucky. And you're a big animal lover. Yes, I am. I was sorry about the the position that the state of Kentucky holds for uh, animal neglect and abuse, to be perfectly honest. And so early on, I did my, you know, w- what I could for finding homes for, for dogs. And mm-hmm. I actually, you know, have a sort of a small list of, you, you know, do. of of getting dogs, you know, uh, you know, getting them to a, uh, like a breed rescue place in Louisville, Kentucky is one or, you know, finding, uh, you know, friends that were looking for uh, a second dog and said, I just saw one at the adoption. You're very pet smart. You're very boots on the ground, kind of yeah. in Kentucky. You're yeah. very plugged um, in. I, I feel like if I ever can't reach you, I'm like, oh, she's at the dog park. Mm-hmm. Tr- true, true. And in fact, if the dog that we have was found by the side of the road, and I had gone into one of the uh, shelters, there used to be two, but um, uh, now there's only one, but I went into this one, uh, probably with a donation of dog food, and a friend of mine who worked there, she thrust this just under three-month-old puppy at me and said, can you foster him? And within and within 48 uh, hours, you know, I just said, you know, I, I can't give him back. And so we adopted him and I became known as uh, foster failure. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's, what's your dog's name? Manu. His name is Manu. He's named after Manu Ginobili, who was a retired NBA player who played for the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. I think another fun fact about you is that you pay attention to the NBA. You probably know more than a lot of people about the NBA, honestly. I think yes. that that's your that's your golden ticket podcast, I would say. The NBA with mom. Yes. But you know, it, it I I it was it's sort of a joke on myself because uh, you know, Kentucky is number one for producing NBA players. Mm-hmm. And so we moved to Kentucky and you know, I'm all sort of, you know, hotsy totsy about the NBA, whereas everyone else is following following UK basketball. Oh, I'm just thinking of that that giant guy of a guy who plays with LeBron James now. His name is Anthony. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh, Anthony Davis. Yes, Anthony Davis. Yes. Okay, there we go. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. He, so he's from Kentucky. You know, it's really interesting to you know I'll, I'll follow or, or look up various team players. You know, on any one of the teams, and I'm always astounded at the number that have come from the University of Kentucky. So to me, I think it's a little bit of a joke on myself that, you know, here I am gung-ho on the NBA, and we have one of the the best feeder schools to the NBA, you know, in the state I live in. So 
hopefully that gave you all a bit of an insight into what makes my mom tick, what she's interested in. And mom, Lizzie, put a call to action on her story. And this is a bit of a reminder, if you listen to this podcast, to get the full experience, I do recommend following both of us on social media, because a lot of times we'll reach out for questions or suggestions for future episodes. And Lizzie, you reached out asking for questions. I did. Yeah, I said, what questions do you have for Grace's mom? And we got a bunch of really good ones. We're going to try to go through as many as we can. And I'm sure the insight will just be invaluable. Um, The first question, actually, that I think is the perfect starting place is, what are your pronouns? Uh, She, her. We we should do that more, you know. We did do an episode about us talking about those, yeah. but I feel like when we've had guests, we have almost forgotten. To be fair, I think at this point, house guests probably know almost too much about our pronouns. Yeah, we've done entire episodes just about pronouns. How why how could you have done too much on your pronouns? Because because mine are confusing because I use all of them. Oh, so oh, it's like I a see. whole it's like oh, a whole I thing. See. But no, it's cool. Yeah. Yours, you she her. No, I don't have anything else to add to mine. Okay, we're gonna start out with a bit of a softball. Someone says, what's your favorite sandwich, bestie? Oh, my favorite sandwich. Gosh, you know, I, I, I would have to say, and I and I don't indulge nearly enough, a really good peanut butter and jelly on great, on great bread with my fa- favorite Smucker's uh, Smooth. Yeah. And, and a good jelly, you know, not Welch's. I, <laughs> I would have to say. What fruit do you think is the best for jelly? The best... For, for a jelly? Yeah. It's got to be raspberry. No, too many seeds. Mm. Uh, cherry. Cherry? Uh, cran- cran- well, you know, I usually get a, a, a mixture of three. Okay. You know, maybe blueberry. Blueberry would be a good okay. one. Yeah, blueberry is good because we know blueberries are good for us. Okay. So I'll go with a yeah, blueberry jelly. If my mom did have an NBA podcast, I would work so hard to get it sponsored by Smucker's Smooth <laughs> Peanut Butter because the the way that my mom does sponsored ads for Smucker's Smooth Peanut Butter and she's not on any social media and she'll just come out of the kitchen being like, gosh, I love my... <laughs> Literally, she'll come out of the kitchen, gosh, I love my Smucker's Smooth Peanut Butter, Creamy Smooth Peanut Butter on an apple in the afternoon. Really, there's no better snack. And if I didn't know any better, I'd be like, who's paying you to say this? <laughs> We don't have any Smucker Smooth. We just have Jif. And earlier today, Grace's mom was like, so do you have anything besides for Jif? <laughs> we were like, sorry. She I really shouldn't travel without my Smucker Smooth. <laughs> yeah, I know. And sometimes, Grace, you know, you'll call in the afternoon and I'm just sitting down to my apple and peanut butter. And I literally have to tell you, you know, <laughs> you have not called at the best time. Yeah. I'm having my Smucker Smooth and my apple. Fuji apple, I might add. <laughs> Okay, so we also have another question. What is a favorite story of Little Grace? That you can share on the podcast. I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I do. We'll talk about this later. A, f- a favorite story of She little... has too many stories of potty training me that I don't think we need to share. Well, there's another question that's kind of similar if you wanted to answer them together. What is the funniest story about Grace growing up? Oh boy, you know I I think um, if I could just interject, you know one of the 
more sort of shocking stories about Grace is when she appeared um, having just taken scissors to her bangs. <laughs> and she just sort of did this hatchet job to her bangs. And she was so little. And I thought, little girls don't do that. I still do that. Yeah. Oh, I know you do. <laughs> Believe me. I know you. Yeah, that and not just scissors, but a razor, too. We got another question asking you to describe Grace as a kid in three words. People are definitely curious about Grace's younger years. Yeah, I'd say the two words that come to mind are all in. She was just, just, she was always present, no matter, you know, who was around, what was the event, you know, it was, um, you know, I'm here, like that classic picture of you and your brother at Disney World, where, you know, Grace, you would, was not the little girl hanging back, but in fact, she was in front of her brother, sort of almost elbowing him out of the picture to be in the front oh, of the photo. You know that one? With your, with your <laughs> chopped bangs, I, too. <laughs> the reason why it's so funny is we really never took vacations like that as a family to Disney World. It wasn't like we went to Disney World a lot or something. No, definitely no. not a lot, but it no. was, you know, just... <laughs> I don't think I've been after I barely remember that. Yeah. But what I do remember that's so funny about that trip is, you know, going on this big vacation to Disney World, this nice big vacation, and of course I hack my bangs right before we leave so in all the photos all you wanted mom were these nice family photos and all the photos you just get like me little bratty up front with my like hacksawed bangs just being like move out of the way shove it and we were just we're not using any of these as a christmas card (laughs) this girl looks unhinged she's six you did it your way Hi, house guests. This is Grace coming to you from the editing booth, and I regret to inform you that there were some audio difficulties coming up in the next segment, specifically during the question, I can't believe this, about what my mom would say to unaffirming parents or parents who are struggling with their kid coming out. I think you can still make out the gist of what she is saying, but I just want to acknowledge that, and I just didn't have time to fix this I honestly don't know if I could have fixed it if I knew how, aside from re-recording everything again. So I really appreciate your patience. Sorry about that. Hope you can still make it out. And I I promise it does resolve. Don't adjust your dials. It's kind of a freak incident. Anyway, back to the show. It's better if you find someone who makes you laugh like you did. How long have you been married to start? I would just ask, and then the person asks tips on a long marriage or advice. I think 37 years. Uh, Gosh, I I hardly, I'm not one to ask about the the advice. I I think I, um, but what comes naturally to me is telling it like it is. So as in, you know, honest communication. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I have a good instinct uh, for when it comes to compromise. You know, you're not going to always get your way, but, you know, where you can meet in the middle, I would say that. I had always hoped to marry earlier than my mid-30s, but I married in my mid-30s, and I think that in the, you know, in the long run, it was probably a good thing, you know, because I was definitely ready to settle down. Ready to settle, (laughs) not to settle. 
I was like, wow, a bombshell. Yeah. A bombshell on under our Settle roof. Mom, mom comes out hot. I settled for your dad. Let's be real. I'm a 10. He's a six. <laughs> what is your favorite part of Grace's queerness? I think her strength and her courage. Her authenticity, you know, reminding me all the time of what is not straight as an arrow, but what and what is, what needs to be more accurate and honest in this world, you know, and in, in, you know, social justice and so forth. That's very kind. You know, I've come to learn that you have to be strong with the choices that you've both made. Are you saying that being gay is a choice? <laughs> no, oh no, I <laughs> used that word. With, I'm just messing with you. Okay, is Lizzie, so am I, anything like you imagined Grace's spouse would be when Grace was younger? Oh, that's a great question. Mom's like, I, didn't I really did think- imagine a man, I won't lie, I did, I imagined <laughs> a big strong man. And Lizzie, you are just not that. Well, that's for sure. (laughs) But as far as but as far as the temperament, you know, I can really see the the uh, connection and how you each intersect and how you are uh, such positive influences on on each other. You know, I didn't really think I didn't think about you know the type of person that Grace would marry, except that yeah, it would be a man. (laughs) Just. That's all. But as far as personality, you know, as it's turned out, is it just an excellent uh, compliment to each other? Did you grow up in a church that accepted the LGBTQ plus community? Our our denomination uh, is certainly uh, inclusive now. As as a kid growing up in the Episcopal Church, you know, I wasn't aware of it as being an issue, so I can't really say that you know it was inclusive because. I got the sense with you and dad growing up that both of you just sort of didn't know what you didn't know. There was never any like anti-gay or LGBTQ messages around the house, or I don't even think that's something that you or dad would have been okay with coming from me or Kempton, my brother. But I also think that you didn't know that you were raising a queer kid, you know? And I think that there were just certain sort of blind spots that come with that. And I think what's exciting now is that we're at a point where more and more parents are like, okay, I want to equip myself and educate myself for whoever my kid ends up being with regards to sexuality. Like, I don't want to assume anything because what if they're gay and then they're me? And then you're like, oh no, I was imagining a man on the wedding day. Well, that, and then that, Lizzie shows up and you're like, well, actually, this is better. <laughs> <laughs> but th- that's a nice idea that parents are thinking that way that, uh, these days. But we know that there are an awful lot who would uh, never go in that direction, n- never be so broad minded and interested to approach their uh, or to think of their child, you know, uh, in that way as anything but what they project onto them. Yeah. Well, that's a good place to answer another question, which is any tips for parents getting on board when their kids come out? Like, what would you say? What would you say to a parent who is maybe rattled, I guess, for lack of a better word, if their kid comes out to them? 
Well, I think it's all right to be rattled at first. I was rattled at first when Grace came out. You know, I was surprised, but I wasn't paying attention. You know, I started to pay attention probably the 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 last eighteen months before you came out. And but I would always, but I but I I admit I would stuff those thoughts. So I think it's all right to feel rattled, but the next thing you feel it's your, is your child is is love for your child. And you want the best, and 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 I would hope that a parent would recognize the huge importance of acceptance, because it's you know as a parent when you when you when you don't accept something in your child, whether it's the choice of shoes they wear, you know, no big or small, kids feel that, and and that equates to rejection, and that is going to cause all kinds of problems for that child. So. You know, I've said before that it's not a parent's job to sort of figure it out and understand it. It is just to accept it and to love your child. And I think also something that you did really well was just listen to me, you know, and have tons of questions. And I think even more recently with regards to gender, I sent over an email to you with like terms or you looked up terms or something like that. And it was so funny because you were literally going over the terms. Like it was like this glossary being like, well, I read this and I think that you're this, you really take all the boxes for this. And then it was just cracking me up because I really appreciated how you were taking such an interest in learning something that probably felt very foreign to you, but it was still, you know, there's a lot of humor in the, in how clunky learning can be and how awkward it can kind of be and going over these terms and dad being so excited to learn the, the term cis. And I was like, oh, it's not necessarily something that we want to celebrate. And dad's like, I'm cis. And I was like, okay, dad. But Grace, you should celebrate it, your your parents being cis, just as we celebrate your being gay. But being cis and being gay are, that's, so cis is gender. All right. So there's cis gender, which is the the gender that you were born as, or the sex that you were assigned yeah. at birth, like it all lines up, right? Yeah. And then there's trans, which is where it doesn't line up. Yeah. And then there's non-binary, which is where you don't subscribe necessarily to Either. a gender binary at all. Yeah. And then, so that's gender. And then being gay is like a sexuality. So their gender and sexuality are different things. Yes, I know. We've talked I know, about we've that even on this But it's visit. kind of nice to have it on the podcast of just, like, we're, we're still oh, always yeah. talking about this. Yeah, yeah. It must suck for you. What, to have to figure it all out? Oh, I mean, that we're always talking about this. <laughs> I know, but I do appreciate learning, you know? I mean, being the, the kind of person I am, I, 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 you know that I'm, I'm, I'm pretty literal and sort of precise and I want to get things right you know and the way I see it is you know this is this is who you are and I want to know who you are it's just pretty much as basic as that you know yeah of course I want to learn okay let's end with a couple of more lighthearted ones to go out well one of them that we got is uh who's your favorite niece who's my favorite niece favorite is such an ugly word <laughs> it just is you know well, it's one of your nieces asked. <laughs> Which one? Well, Grace, then I'm definitely not. Liz, you shouldn't have asked this question. <laughs> I wasn't going to, but I don't know. I felt like teasing since we were saying how much we like to tease on this podcast. The question was from Sally, but then she said, just kidding, but wow, I'm here for this podcast. She's excited to listen, but she was just kidding about asking. Oh, okay. All right. I was like, because it's not you, Sally. <laughs> and I'd never say that. <laughs> Okay, 
I'm sorry for asking. But anyway, two questions that are actually from two different people. So clearly people are curious about this. Oh One, how was living in Belgium? Two, do you miss the Belgian slash Northwestern European culture? What, what I miss is the French language. I spoke French before we moved in uh, 1999. Uh, I had not spoken it in quite a while, but it's amazing that when you have the foundation from your teens and early 20s, it, it comes back. And so what I miss, and I, and I loved being able to speak the language, and I, I, I would be happy just sitting down with the French-English dictionary and learning new words and new verbs. So that interested me. And when we moved back, I, I uh, tried to continue on one of those language websites, you know, but it just wasn't the same. I loved the fact that there were fewer choices and fewer, you know, enormous stores with, uh, uh, you know, on unlimited choices. Yes, we had one grocery store, sort of, we had a store sort of, sort of like a Walmart, but it was the only one. I liked the fact that uh, there were stores for, there was a fish store, there was a wine store, there was a cheese store, there was, a, of course, a, the, the, the bakery. You know, I loved all of those things and, and going from one to the other with my, you know, bag. And I loved being able to sit out on a sidewalk cafe, even just totally by myself and just watch people going by. I love the open markets. Of course, now so many places all over the country have the farmer's market, but, but still they were, you know, plentiful with, uh, you know, delicious food and people who really cared about what they were, their, their produce, their bread or, or whatever. And of course, we were in a very international community, uh, being just outside of Brussels, the capital of Europe. And so, uh, the nationalities were, plentiful, plentiful. And I thought that that was fascinating to see so many people live together. And for the, I want to say Western Europe, but of course, a lot of Eastern European countries came into the European Union while we were there. And to, to see them know uh, boundaries between the countries, which had existed, you know, decades earlier and having to show your passport all the time, but just the openness and the collected spirit to uh, make life work among so many different nationalities. Do you have a favorite food that you can't get in the U.S. that you miss from Belgium? Well, I think being able to go into the supermarket with a warm, with a warm oh, yeah. gaufre, which is the Belgian waffle, warm sort of, you know, uh, in this uh, sugary syrup, you know, but not, uh, you know, you get it in paper and then to just set off through the gross, through the, the supermarket, you know, uh, munching on my. Well, the waffle stands would be outside the store. They would. I would liken them to, you know, a hot dog stand outside of a sporting event or something like that in the U.S. And you would just grab your waffle and like walk around the store. And it was such a treat. They're like two euros or euro 50, something like that. Yeah. Maybe just a euro. Do we have any last questions you think okay, to we'll end on? end on this last question. I would say, other than anything we've already talked about, what is your favorite snack for a rainy day? Snack for a rainy day? It would have to be my Fuji apple. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bring it back to the beginning. And what's that brand of peanut butter? I didn't catch it. <laughs> Smucker's. <laughs> Grace, I know you're teasing me, but I will repeat it for your audience. Smucker's Smooth.
Not crunchy, smooth. Smuckers, please sponsor us. <laughs> Smuckers, we are available for sponsorships on podcorn.com. You can find our profile uh, under our roof, and we are available. And we can call in. We can get your mom to call in. Absolutely. And honestly, even if we don't, like, you should still sponsor her. Just send her more peanut butter. You know, she's doing the Lord's work out there in Paducah, Kentucky, just speaking, you know, spreading the the good news about Smucker's Smooth. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Under Our Roof. This was truly a very special episode, and I really appreciate everyone who wrote in with these very thoughtful questions. I hope you got some insight into the wonderful woman who raised me to be the chaotic individual that you hear before you today. Thanks for listening. And hope you're having a wonderful Pride Month. Yeah. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Do you want to say bye, Mom? Yes, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Gosh. What? That was a little stern. Goodbye. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Bye. <laughs> Do it again. No bye. The change the goodbye. As we both get older, my love will grow bolder for my sweet old-fashioned.